starting to record right now. Okay. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And today joining me is Jason Cameron. We're going to break down some NFL football, some NBA, and some UFC. It's going to be a, a fun episode. So let's get right into it. Uh, hey, Jason, happy Sunday to you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It, hey, it, it's not overcast with smoke and wildfire smoke today. <laughs> like, I believe literally this is the first day out of two weeks. It's a beautiful day out there. It's nice. It's nice to breathe clean air, clean <laughs> air breathing. Oh, man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I know. Holy cow. It was the first day that I, I could see the North Shore Mountains across the water here. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, man, that smoke has been just hovering around here for way too long. So, yeah, I'm glad it's finally gone and uh, we can experience a little bit more of the sunshine. It, it is the, the first day of fall tomorrow, so... Uh, I was I was kind of hoping we would get a little bit of extension to the summer because we missed these couple weeks with the smoke. Yeah, yeah, man, that 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 would be nice, and hopefully we do get a couple more sunny days before we go into our winter hibernation mode, and everything goes gray and rainy. <laughs> yeah, that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you're right. Yeah, it's coming. But uh, let's hold on for a few more weeks, please. Uh, I, I, I missed I missed a lot of the summer with uh, COVID and then, you know, the fires and stuff. And so it's sad that it's feeling like it's almost gone. Yeah, it is. It's been it's been the weirdest, oddest summer I think for everybody involved on the planet. And so hopefully, you know, as we go forward, um, things will get back to more and more of a normal pace, so to speak. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, let's hope. Okay, well, uh, second week of the NFL. Um, first week was uh, pretty exciting. Uh, this week had a lot of really uh, great matchups as well, and uh, I guess the marquee matchup was the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons involved in a in a crazy shootout today, uh, 40-39 victory by Dallas. Uh, Atlanta was up 20 to nothing and uh, seemed to be fully in control of the game. Uh, we saw Atlanta blow a 28-3 halftime lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl uh, three years ago. We all remember that one. Uh, this one obviously wasn't gonna, isn't going to hurt as much as that one, but uh, pretty bad that they would blow a 20-point lead and, and lose. They, they couldn't recover that onside kick, and Dallas came back and had a massive win. Uh, what, a, what a crazy great game to watch, though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up about the Falcons losing – so tragically to the Patriots, because I, as you know, I'm a Falcons fan, big, big time Falcons fan. And so I cried. I cried when that happened. Still crying, still crying. But um, no, I, I thought initially that this this game was going to be a blowout. I was just like, oh, man, Falcons got this. Turned away, came back and I go, oh, Falcons don't have this. What just happened? I, I will I will give. Prescott and the, the boys, the Cowboys, all the credit in the world because they showed incredible resilience in that game. And they kept battling back until the final, final last minute, last couple seconds. 
That is a great win by the Cowboys. You can't take that away from. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry about the Falcons uh, and not <laughs> winning. Uh, Matty Ice has played really great. Had a fantastic uh, game last week in a loss. Uh, yeah, played played really great. Uh, it's just their defense just doesn't seem to be able to hold off the uh, other team's offense. Um, Dak Prescott, uh, 34 for 47, 450 yards passing, one touchdown. And he scored three touchdowns himself rushing. Uh, amazing day. Uh, a lot of criticism leveled against him after uh, the opening week loss. And uh, he redeemed himself big time. Yeah, yeah, he did. I Again, so he, he has a, a performance of this magnitude in this game. And you don't want to pay that guy? So you really don't want to pay that guy, huh? Yeah, okay, that's that's pretty cool stuff. So, um, uh, you know, the Cowboys going forward, they're going to have to figure that out if they want to keep him around or if they want to go a different direction. But if, uh, if a man does a performance like that, I don't – I can't see why you'd want to go in a different direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he had an incredible game, an incredible game, and he's yeah. able to do that for you. So, um, yeah, great win by the Cowboys. And Prescott was just, like, literally, from the numbers, he was on fire today. He was on fire. You must be loving Calvin Ridley and how incredible uh, of a start he's had. Uh, two incre incredible weeks today. He had seven catches, 109 yards, and a couple more touchdowns. Uh, what a weapon he is. Yeah, man. And uh, he, he, he's actually accentuating and playing well with uh, across from Julio Jones. And stuff, and it's just another weapon for Matty Ice to implement into that offensive scheme of the Falcons. And what a weapon it is! What a weapon it is! Hopefully, he can keep it going, Ridley, and uh, keep that uh, offense chugging for the Falcons. And hopefully, you know, in the next week, they, you know, they can actually get a win. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's uh he's already got 21 uh, career touchdowns in his first um, two and a little bit seasons. Uh, that's actually better than Julio Jones' start, which is really incredible. And uh, today he scored uh, two more touchdowns. First guy, uh, he's only the fourth player actually in NFL history to have multiple touchdowns in their first two games of the season in their third year. Marvin Harrison, Calvin Johnson, and Eddie Royal. So uh, really elite company there. I didn't think they would be able to find a weapon as, as potent as Julio Jones, but uh, he's definitely – uh, worked into his own and, uh, you know, neck and neck with Julio for getting the most targets. Yeah, man. And and I, so hopefully going forward with those two being like those juggernauts of that offense for the receiving core, maybe they can uh, they can show or be as good as those guys in uh, Arizona, Fitzgerald and Hopkins. Maybe they can they can be that, be that same thing. And hopefully they can do that. But first, number one, they got to get some wins on the board. Come on, boys. And hopefully that defense can stiffen up just enough so that the offense is not wasted and they can win some of these games. Because yeah. clearly the defense is uh, the weak factor here on the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, speaking of Arizona, they had a big uh, – 30 to 15 win today over Washington. Kyler Murray, uh, 280 yards passing, one touchdown. Uh, eight, uh, 67 yards on the ground and two touchdown runs. And uh, Hopkins had eight catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. So 
um, yeah, th you know, those weapons are, uh, are very potent there. Yes, yes, they are. And again, Hopkins, oh, man, he's doing well. <laughs> oh, I thought he was washed up. I thought he was – no, of course he's not washed up. He's a great player. My goodness. Anyways, um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that Kyler Murray is uh, finding, finding his way in his second season here. I, I don't think you're going to see a sophomore slump from this particular quarterback in any way, shape, or form, uh, especially with the weapons surrounding him. I think I think you can expect big things from this year for sure. Uh, there was some uh, massive injury news today. A lot of really big stars went down. Saquon Barkley reportedly torn ACL in the 17-13 loss to the Bears for the Giants. Also, Sterling Shepard uh, was hurt. Um, massive uh, bad news for the Giants. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went out. Uh, with a leg injury and a loss, 31-17 to Tampa. Uh, who else? Uh, 49ers lost. Nick Bosa, torn ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. And Raheem Mostert uh, is out. And they were already without Kittle and Richard Sherman. So uh, 49ers decimated with injuries today. Yeah, man. And, and, uh, and again, as I said before, uh, last week, they're, they're going to be dealing with these injuries, the, the entirety of the NFL, because of the lack of the preseason and the lack of the preparation. It's going to really, it, this might be kind of a very, very brutal season for injuries and seeing guys go out with injuries. Um, hopefully, teams aren't too decimated by the injury bug, but we're already seeing it. And the 49ers are a prime example of that. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Mack went out last week with an Achilles tear and uh, that really, um, uh, really worried a lot of the Colts fans. But Jonathan Taylor, the rookie, stepped in and filled in for Mack today. Uh, he had 26 rushes for 101 yards and a touchdown. Looked really good. And um, yeah, uh, they have to go to their second and third strings. But uh, yeah, the torn Achilles, you you know that you, that happened to you. And in your life before and um yeah you're right uh injuries i think are going to be just horrific this year uh not no preseason games to keep themselves in game shape um uh, probably had a lot of hard time keeping in shape through the pandemic and yeah i think it's going to be really tough on a lot of the guys yeah it's it's just it just it's unfortunate but this is the situation we're all in and we're all at and we just got to try to make the best of it. And I know the NFL and the teams are going to make the best of what they can. But uh, it's something that they know that they're going to have to deal with as they go week by week. Yeah. Um, Buffalo Bills had a nice 31-28 uh, win over Miami. Uh, Josh Allen set a career high again uh, this week. He set one last week. Set another career high this week. Second straight week for over 400 yards. Four touchdowns today, 417 yards. Uh, he joined some elite company with um, how great he was in those first two games. Only Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes are the only guys in NFL history to throw for over 700 yards and six touchdowns without an interception in the first two weeks of a season. So, wow, elite company. Uh, he's, he's incredibly uh, talented and uh, really showing very well out of the gate. Yeah, I, I guess this might be possible foreshadowing for how good he possibly could be going to the future. That because that that is 
absolutely amazing. And with the, the men that you just named right there on that very short list, well, those guys are going to be pretty much the first ballot Hall of Famers, you know what I mean? So if he can keep this up, this is going to bode very, very well for that young man, Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay had a huge win today, doubled up Detroit, 42-21. Uh, Aaron Jones had an absolutely massive day, 18 rushes, 168 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, four catches, 68 yards, and one touchdown through the air. Um, <laughs> everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers there, but, uh, man, Aaron Jones is a weapon. Wow, what a day. Yes, he is quite the weapon, especially – um, with his hands coming out of the backfield, that, that basically he's just another receiver out there. Along with his running attack, he's, uh, he's, he's going to be a handful for any defense going forward. He's, that, like, that, those numbers are spectacular. They're, yeah. they're just awesome. They're right out of the stratosphere. So, I, you know, with, with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and that guy running the ball, ooh, ooh, teams are going to be in trouble. <laughs> they sure are, you know. Another good game today was uh, Tennessee-Jacksonville, uh, 33-30, uh, uh, last-minute field goal. Uh, Tannehill, we talked about him uh, last week, had a really good game, uh, 239 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, John o. Smith was uh, his favorite receiver, 84 yards and a couple touchdowns. Humphreys and Davis had one touchdown each. Derrick Henry, pretty good day, 25 rushes for 84 yards. Gardner, Gardner Minshew is a guy that's been talked about. Everybody loves his name. Everybody loves his mustache, his personality. Uh, had a really good game, but threw a late pick to um, uh, definitely secure the win for Tennessee. Um, yeah, it was it was a good game. Uh, unfortunately, Minshew just couldn't come up with that magic again this week. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But, you know, like Tannehill's actually showing me something that maybe – Maybe he can lead the way for this team. You know, like he's been consistent, consistently good. And I guess as long as he continues to do this, you know, maybe Tennessee has a shot. I, I have had question marks about whether he could lead this team, but so far so good. He's, he's done well. Yeah, he sure has, yeah. Yeah, I think you and me both questioned him, but uh, yeah, really, really played well. Uh, some of the other games uh, – just finished uh, the Kansas City L L.A. Chargers. Kansas City won in overtime. Uh, it was the first game for Justin Herbert. He played really well, almost pulled off the upset. Kansas City got a late field goal to force overtime and then uh, won it with a field goal in overtime. Um, Mahomes, uh, okay day, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a fairly close game. I got to watch quite a bit of that. How about you? Um, you know what? I – with Patrick Mahomes, he he can't be Superman all the time, but he can just be just, you know, he can do it just enough to make sure his team wins. And also, too, like Herbert, he, he was right there. Like, if you can get a win over the Kansas City Chiefs right now, you're doing pretty good, you yeah. know. So for him to come as close as he did to beating that team, hey, all, all hats off to the young man to almost getting it done. Yeah. And I don't know that just means that the Chargers maybe have some light at the tunnel, you know, like maybe um, they're, they're about to, and maybe the next couple of years turn the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, everyone in Chargers nation uh, got quite uh, sad when uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, showed up injured this week, but um, yeah, Herbert uh, 
sixth overall, amazing career in Oregon. He uh, won the MVP of the Rose Bowl in 2020. He he won um, he won the academic Heisman. It's called the uh, William J. Campbell Award after one of my uh, yeah, relatives from way back. Um, uh, Herbert, uh, you know, definitely is a guy that they looked at to come and grab the franchise's reins and and take them far. And after losing Philip Rivers, uh, such a long career, I think there was definitely a worry and a transition period. But uh, yeah, good on him. I think he played well today, and uh, I think he'll he'll look good going and going down, you know, through the games. I'm not sure. Uh, how long Tyrod's out, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, and if, if they can just get some – manage to string together some wins with Herbert here at the head until Tyrod comes back, and more power to the Chargers if they can get that done. Yeah. So, uh, uh, big game tonight, Patriots-Seahawks. Uh, all week they showed the, uh, the unfortunate play that the Hawks uh, – had against the Patriots in the 2015 Super Bowl when they should have had beast mode run it in and uh, win the game for them. Um, obviously, uh, it won't uh, heal that wound, but it's always good to see uh, Russell Wilson face uh, the Patriots. Uh, Cam Newton there looked great last week. Uh, the two oldest coaches in NFL history that are facing each other, this sets a record for oldest uh, two guys, Belichick and Pete Carroll. Um, yeah, it should be a fun game tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. And, I, and again, I, I, I do appreciate you bringing up another sore, sore wound right there with uh, the fact that they didn't give it to Beast Mode. It was so obvious. You let him run the ball into the end zone. It's a touchdown. Anyways, sorry. 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 Anyways, yes, yes. I'm really excited to see the game tonight. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully the Seahawks can uh, get a win over the, the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a wound that uh, I don't know if I'll ever heal from. I actually um, I actually remember watching that down in Mexico with a bunch of Canadians at a Mexican bar, and uh, everybody was decked out in in Seahawks gear except one couple that was wearing Patriots gear, and and uh, we were all pretty happy for the longest time. And you thought for sure they're handing it off to Marshawn Lynch, and this is going to be a second Super Bowl victory in a row, and and those people are going to have to slink out, uh, not happy. But it turned out there was the rest of us that were unhappy. And one of the worst moves, worst, worst coaching blunders, worst, uh, just one of the most craziest finishes you've ever seen in a football game, let alone a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, man. Because the, it, I believe the play before, he almost got in anyways. He almost got in anyway. So you, you're thinking to yourself, well, he almost got it anyways. It's beast mode. Nobody can tackle the guy. Just hand it off to him and then, woo! Hey, let's have the ticker tape parade. Let's see the confetti. Everything's going to be good. Wait, are they passing the ball? Wait, is that an intercept? What the? What just happened? Yeah, man. So that's how that happened. So I I would assume this time around, this is what I'm going to say. If, if the game is on the line and if they're, like, if Seattle's on, like, the one-yard or two-yard line in this game, I think they're going to run it. I think they're going to run it. That, 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 that's my guess. I think that's what would happen. I don't know if it's going to play out that way, but I think this time they'd run. <laughs> good, good prediction. Let's let's hope so. Yeah, I never want to see a, a bad move like that ever again. Oh, my God, that was horrible. Yeah, so um, a big game tomorrow night. Uh, Vegas is having their home opener. Obviously, uh, it's too bad that they're not uh, 
being able to fill the place, a beautiful, beautiful stadium, hosting the Saints. Um, in the show Bowlers, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson wanted to bring a, a franchise to Vegas and uh, had uh, yeah, a very long storyline trying to make that happen. It's finally here. We're finally going to get to see games in Vegas, and, and hopefully fans will be allowed to go to that stadium soon. But that's going to be a great game. Uh, Raiders-Saints uh, should be a great matchup. Oh, yeah, man. I, 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 Drew Brees is playing like Drew Brees always does. The Raiders are bringing Raider Nation to Vegas now. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great to see, man. And also, too, once we get past this whole pandemic thing and all that sort of stuff, then Vegas can really use, the Vegas team can really use Vegas to their advantage by saying, hey, you, you come into Vegas, hey, dude, why don't you check out these places? Check them all out. <laughs> I know that if, I, if I'm on opposing team, it's like, I got to be good and I can't go out anywhere because this is Vegas. I understand what happens here. No, no. Staying in my room until it's game time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, great week of, of football. There's a couple more games to be had, uh, tonight's game and tomorrow's game. So, um, but yeah, a lot of fun, fun matchups and um, NFL's in, in full swing now. It took me a it, – it, it didn't seem real last week, I think, because we're still in the middle of the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. We got – uh, so much sports going on. It, it just uh, snuck up on me that first week. But uh, this week, um, yeah, it turned out great. And I'm, I'm happy NFL's back. It's a lot of fun. Makes like Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays fun. Yes, it does. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it's kind of nice. It was the first time and probably the only time where you have a choice of what you'd like to watch. And then and also, too, on top of that, there's something good to watch every day of the week. Whether you want to watch some playoffs, whether you want to watch football, there's something for you. There's something for everybody right now. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, it sure is. It's great. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So much fun. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we, we're going to turn to basketball. I just do want to mention our partners and sponsors first. We got anchor.fm, the easiest place to make a podcast, a phenomenal partner of complete sports media. They've been able to, post our podcasts on many, many platforms and uh, really, really fantastic. Just go to Anchor FM and all the details there to start a podcast. Uh, we got Verbero. Verbero is a hockey equipment and apparel company. It's a great partner with us. They're an industry leader in technology, performance and value. And of course, they've got the Mercury V350 stick, the lightest composite stick on the market at 350 grams. Uh, just go to completesportsmedia.com and you can find some details. You can get a discount if you want to purchase um, any equipment from them. And Forever Living is also the same thing. Go to completesportsmedia.com. They're an aloe vera health and beauty products company. And uh, you can get uh, great products at a discount through our website. So, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about basketball. Uh, game two of the Western Conference Final is is going on right now and Denver and LA are playing. Uh, LA's got a five point lead with uh, six and a half minutes left. Um, I was surprised that LA dominated so heavily that first game. They, uh, it was pretty much a blowout. All, all 12 guys on the Lakers roster registered at least two points. 
And so everybody got some game time. Uh, we saw Bull Bull in there. We saw, yeah, we saw a lot of guys down the bench. Uh, LeBron played okay. Uh, the guy that was the, the star was Anthony Davis with 37 points and uh, 11 rebounds. Um, yeah, he, he was uh, incredible. But I was surprised. Um, I, I thought it would be a closer, closer game, but it sure wasn't. Yeah, it, it was close up till I think L.A. kind of took, took control of that game in the second quarter because there was a span of time, I think it was about four minutes, where Denver didn't score and L.A. kept scoring. And then that was pretty much the difference uh, in, uh, in, in the scoring going forward in the game. Like, so then L.A. was just up by, like, double digits, and they just kept building upon that lead. At times, Denver would whittle it down, but they never came really within striking distance to really threaten L.A. Uh, for the rest of that game. So I'd say there was probably a little bit of being tired after playing, I don't know, 14 playoff games and now getting into this series. Um, but at the same time, Denver should find their legs, hopefully, in this particular game. I think it's going to be a better showing by them. And also, too, like, you know, just with the – now that they've seen L.A. and how they play their offense, I'm sure there's going to be defensive adjustments on the Nuggets side of the ball to uh, make it more of a challenge for L.A. to run their offense. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was kind of an off game for both Jokic and Murray. They both scored only 21 points and just didn't seem to get into a rhythm at all. Uh, but, yeah, let's hope uh, that they can give L.A. a run for their money. It would be nice to see a, a, a close series in this one. Uh, I definitely think that uh, Lakers are, you know, favored. Out of the four teams, they would be favored to uh, win the title now. And, uh, you know, but uh, you know, Denver has – rallied from behind uh, this whole entire playoffs and, you know, had a historic run. So uh, it'll be fun if they can uh, make this a good series. Yeah, because the way that Denver has decided to play this whole playoff run is we like being behind so we can do the miraculous and come back. That's what we like to do. And so maybe that's it. They're probably going to do the same thing again. They'll probably be down, but hopefully not be down by too much going into the second half. And then we'll see what happens with them. Hopefully Murray and Jokic can find their stroke and find the rhythm in this game. Because as you said before, they really couldn't do that in the game previous. Yeah. In the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Miami and Boston, you and I have talked uh, quite at length about uh, those two teams and, and the you know depth that they have. Uh, you talked right at the beginning of the playoffs that Miami was – a team that you really wanted everybody to focus on. You, probably your favorite team to watch this year. And, uh, you know, they have uh, great weapons with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. They got the outside shooting with Tyler Hero and and uh, Duncan Robinson and, you know, many guys. Um, they looked really strong in the, those first two games Miami did. Boston came back yesterday and had a, had a big win. We were able to uh, push the series to two games to one now. Uh, how, what have you been feeling like through throughout this series so far? Well, I, I feel like this is out of out of the two series. This is definitely the more the marquee matchup because I think these teams are are very close to one another in terms of skill level and such. Um, and also, too, at the end of Game Two that the Heat won, apparently there was a lot of yelling and shouting coming out of the Celtics locker room. That's actually a good thing because it means they care. 
It means they actually care about winning. And so it was great to see the team come out on a unified front and say, we got a job to do and we got to handle some business. And they handled their business. They yeah. got that win and they got it in a definitive uh, fashion because literally, I think from the second or third quarter on, they did, they never relinquished that lead. They were in the lead and they stayed and they kept it there. And so a great win by the Boston Celtics um, so that they didn't go down uh, three games to zero and not have a chance to win this series. So good. Yeah, good, it was, um, yeah, it was 117-106 Boston, uh, but that, that score flatters Miami. Uh, Boston seemed to have a handle on it that whole entire game. Uh, Jason Tatum, uh, had, had, had a fantastic year, amazing playoffs. Uh, he led the way with 25 points, 14 rebounds, and eight assists, two assists away from a triple-double. Uh, but they got 20 points or more from Brown, Tatum, Walker, and Small. So, uh, you know, very balanced scoring. And, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, when, when all guys are, are on all cylinders working like that, uh, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, Heat's uh, best player of that last game was – Bam Adebayo, 27 points and 16 rebounds. Jimmy Butler had a bit of an off day with 17 points and eight boards. Um, yeah, do you think uh, uh, do you think uh, Miami's uh, going to be able to be uh, able to hold them off? Uh, do you think uh, they uh, those adjustments that, that Boston made? Uh, do you think Miami's going to figure out a, a way to uh, change change the momentum back and and take the the next game? Well, here's what I will say. Um, there's a certain X factor that came back uh, to uh, the Celtics that hasn't been there for the entirety of the playoffs so far, and that was Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Gordon Hayward helps solidify that offense. If that guy gives you anything, anywhere between 16 and 20 points, well, now the, now the Heat have a real problem. Because <laughs> yeah. now you got another guy that's a ball handler, as a facilitator, a scorer. Um, it, it's going to – like I. I've, I've said it before, this is going to be a very close matchup, just like the Celtics-Raptors series was a close matchup. This is going to be a hard-fought one. And now, you know, the Heat have just another guy to worry about now that Gordon Hayward is back with the Celtics on the team. He'll be a little rusty, but, you know, after he works himself into the next couple of games, yeah, the Celtics are going to be a challenge. But they already were a challenge. And I'm yeah. sure Eric Spolstra will come up with – because like it's a chess match between these two, these two coaches between Brad Stevens and Spolstra, and they're just going to make minor, minute adjustments throughout the course of this series, and it's going to be tit for tat the entire way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good point. I was actually shocked when I heard Hayward was suiting up. He hasn't played in a really long time, and that was a, a massive addition for them. Uh, yeah, because he's you know when he gets in space, he can score and. He's definitely another weapon that uh, they have to, you know, keep on top of when he's on the floor. So, um, yeah, luck, lucky for them, he came back. He was a, a massive subtraction when he got hurt, and uh, but coming back, yeah, we'll see. He, he definitely will be rusty, but if he can give them uh, double-digit points and and you know, pretty decent minutes, uh, yeah, he's he's a weapon that Miami wasn't happy to see him back on the floor. I'm sure. Yeah, no, no. They definitely weren't happy to see him. They were probably hoping that he would leave the bubble and be with his beautiful wife and see this baby, baby boy uh, being born, which is going to happen very soon. But instead, 
they heard is like, you know what? She's going to be fine, and I'm going to stay. <laughs> That's something that I was actually kind of surprised to hear because whatever he decided to do would have been the right thing to do. And I'm sure his coaching staff and players would have been behind him. It's fine, right? Yeah. But um, since he did decide to stay, though, it's going to make the series a lot tougher for the Heat. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Uh, after missing all of last year, getting injured in the very first game of the year, uh, I'm sure he's hungry for some playoffs and going down earlier in the playoffs and uh, being able to come back. Uh, yeah, sure it was a hard decision to make, but yeah, I'm sure the Celtic fans and, and the whole team is happy that he's still there. And yeah, it's a, that's a fun series. Uh, that first game is one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. And uh, so incredible uh, how back and forth it went over time. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a long and, and fun series to watch. Uh, the NBA has been fun. Uh, you know, I, I, as I said earlier, I think uh, Lakers have the inside track now to take it all. But um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out in the coming week. So uh, why don't we turn to the UFC? There was a, a fight night card last night from Vegas. It's the very last card from Vegas before they head to Abu Dhabi for, uh, I think it's five weeks in Abu Dhabi. So uh, main event was a a grudge match between Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. These guys uh, trained at the same gym down in Florida, American top team, uh, developed a hate on for each other and uh, had a lot of bad things to say about each other as they headed towards this match. Uh, I was hoping that Tyron Woodley would perform much better than he had in this last couple of fights against Burns and Usman, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see the fire still in Woodley. I don't see him uh, just being the same fighter he used to be. And, and Covington took advantage, uh, ended up getting a knockout in the early stages of round five yesterday. How, how did you like the fight? Um, I was disappointed. You know, like he, he just – Woodley just wouldn't initiate his offense again. He just wouldn't pull the trigger. Like that's what, it, that's what it felt like. It felt like he was waiting on pulling the trigger. But then also, too, he didn't want to get taken down by Covington, which didn't matter anyways because he, he still got taken down. You know, like, for me, it was just one of those things where you're waiting on the guy to to do something because you know he has the skills and the capabilities to win this fight if he just lets his hands grow and doesn't worry about the rest of the things. It's a fight anyways, right? But I just think he's way too cautious now. Just way too cautious, and and it, and it just stifles his offense by him being so conscious as his mindset and his approach to the fight. And whereas – on the opposite end of things, Covington is just coming at you full board. And he's one of those guys that's a cardio dude where he uses his cardio as a weapon because nobody has cardio like him. And so he'll, he's just going to keep coming at you like an avalanche. That's yeah. what he is, man. He's just going to keep coming. I, I haven't been frustrated uh, with very many fighters as much as I've been frustrated with Woodley because I, I'd have seen him perform well and over the years, but, uh, I think, um, you know, it's time to hang him up. Uh, that's three main event performances in a row where he just didn't pull the trigger, didn't seem to have the heart, didn't seem to have the drive, uh, you know, obviously behind on the scorecards going into the later rounds and, you know, his corner imploring him to change his style, to take the fight to the guy, and he just doesn't seem to. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that he just – he hangs him up. Uh, he's got a career in – 
broadcasting and uh, you know maybe it's time to move on maybe the the game's passed him by and he can't do it anymore because uh, that was three really lousy performances in a row that you know it's not fair to people that are you know paying money to see him and and he's not performing uh, he doesn't deserve a spot in the main event in my opinion anymore yeah it's 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 just unfortunate because I, I remember the, the 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 prime Woodley you know what I mean like the guy that would just 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 kill you with his power and then you know he still has that that power but he's just now he's he's almost gun shy he's unwilling to unleash his power which is ah yeah man yeah and with that being said maybe it is time for him to hang up said gloves because if you're unwilling to engage literally then you probably shouldn't be fighting anymore yeah yeah uh, co-main event, uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone against Nico Price. You you uh, talked about Price uh, being quite the heavy-handed striker going in, and you thought he was going to give Cowboy a lot of trouble. Uh, this fight was known for the eye pokes that ended up getting Nico uh, a point reduction that ended up in a draw. Uh, he looked happy that it was a draw, but Cowboy looked like somebody – uh, kissed his mother, uh, you know, he was very unhappy with it and, and very two, two distinct reactions when the, they called it a, a majority draw. Yeah, I, I, I can understand Nico's uh, reaction to that because I'm pretty sure he thought he lost the fight because of said eye pokes. And so for him to not lose the fight, just get a draw, that was a win for him. So that's why he freaked out. And that's why Cowboy's just like, what is with this guy? What is wrong with you? It's a draw. Nobody won. But, you know, like, I think that's why Nico was responding the way he did. And you know what? You want to talk about guys that actually engage? Talk about guys that actually bring a fight? That probably should have been the main event fight. Because those guys brought it. Those yeah. guys brought it. And it, I, would, I would dare say if, they, if we had another two rounds of them going at it, then you definitely would have seen a winner. Yeah. Between those two. And, uh, yay. They, they, they threw down... They had a great fight. Um, Nico tried to literally get Cowboy out of there within the first two minutes of the first round. Landed 40 strikes in two minutes in the first round. I'm like, well, that's – you can't sustain that. No, no, man. You can't, you, can't, you can't keep that up. And then also, too, Cowboy showed, no, nah, I, I still got it. Because he didn't blow him out. He didn't wilt. He stayed the course. And then he started firing back himself. It was a great fight, man. Great fight. Yeah. No, thoroughly entertaining. And yeah, I remember, I'm glad you remember those 40 strikes because they, they made a point of saying that around a couple minutes in, uh, how you know he was really battering Cerrone. But uh, Cerrone seems to be that slow starter that needs to get hit in the face uh, 10, 15, 20, 40 times uh, before he starts to really uh, get into it and throw back. But, um, man, does he ever – have a heart, have a chin, have an ability to get into wars and, and keep going. And uh, there was a lot of talk about him, you know, maybe having to take a step back because he's um, had some losses lately. But uh, I was entertained with those two guys for sure. Oh, yeah, man. I, it was thoroughly entertaining um, fight. Yeah, the, the, the eye pokes kind of sucked, but it happens. Um, hopefully for Nico – you can keep an eye on that and adjust his training so that less eye pokes. But um, both are warriors. Both brought a, a great fight. 
And you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not disappointed that it was a draw because I thought it would be kind of close to a draw anyways or Cerrone's win because of the eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Well, the middleweight fight right before that had uh, Kamzat Chimaev, and uh, he's already in the record books for the, the uh, quickest two victories in his UFC career. He came out and he said, I love smashing guys. I want to smash my way to the title. I want them all. And uh, the UFC uh, definitely put a, a much tougher opponent in there against him this time, Gerald Mearshart. Uh, well, we thought he was much tougher of an opponent. And uh, Chimaev just got him out of there in 17 seconds with an a incredible KO. Um, he seems to be the real deal. 8-0 and uh, smashing guys and taking him out. Set a record for three victories in 66 days. Uh, nobody's even close to that record. And uh, I think Dana White's impressive, impressed. And uh, I think the world's impressed. This guy has really came in and, and showed he's a world-class fighter. Yeah, man. Um, first off, I don't think anybody's going to be breaking that record anytime soon. Like 66 days, are you kidding me? And then also, too, so he had a step up in competition. And so what he did was he increased the – no, he decreased the time that he spent in the ring. That's what he did. He goes, oh, is that, that guy better? He's, he's better than the last two guys. Okay, so he's out of here sooner. <laughs> he's getting better at being more efficient at putting people away. That's scary. And also, too, he showed something that none of us, we haven't seen before, which is he threw some hands. Well, well, he threw one hand. And um, it, it, that guy has some major speed to his hands. I, we, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And Nearshart saw the shot coming, but it was so fast. He, it's just like slow motion. There's the punch. I can't move out of the way. I'm too slow. And now I'm knocked out. <laughs> It was incredible, man. Chimaev, all the credit to him. I'm assuming, I'm just going to say this since he didn't get hurt. He's probably going to have a fourth fight here pretty soon. Probably within the next month. If I'm him, I just keep that ball rolling, man. I I would assume we'll probably see him back in the octagon very soon. I think he's going to go to Abu Dhabi and stay there and just wait for somebody to pull out. Uh, he said he wanted to be the backup fighter for um, the main events. He wants to fight Khabib if uh, you know Gaethje can't make it or vice versa. And he he wants to you know just wait in the wings and and anybody that pulls out, he's willing to fight. And uh, Dana White sure looked impressed, and and I think he's you know, willing to, you know, run him out really soon. Uh, you know, he's he's doing this well, and, you know, he's he's creating this much buzz. Uh, UFC loves that when guys can do it. And, and yeah, I'm sure we're going to see him fight in Abu Dhabi over the next five weeks. Oh, yeah, man. Like, he, he's the new he's the new thing. He's the, he's the new shiny toy of the UFCs. But this guy is an absolute killer. He's an assassin, man. He's – yeah. It, it very impressed, very impressive win over a very tough guy at Marishard. Hey, let, let's see how far this guy's star is going to rise. Yeah. Uh, light heavyweight fight uh, before that was Ryan Spann and Johnny Walker. Uh, Spann had Walker in all sorts of trouble early and uh, was going to try to take him down and, and lay some ground and pound on him. Uh, unfortunately, uh, 
for him, the Johnny Walker started landing elbows and hammer fists and, and knocked him out. Uh, two minutes and 43 seconds, a, a lot of action in that fight. A lot of fun, incredible fight. Johnny Walker is one tough guy uh, getting another big victory. Yeah, it was pretty much rock and sock and robots out there, and they just literally tried to knock each other's blocks off, and they both accomplished that to a certain extent, except that Johnny Walker was just a tad bit better than Span was. And then that's what gave him the, the win. And also, too, I was more impressed by the fact that Johnny Walker, learning from his, his exploits of, you know, him winning from before, he didn't try to do the worm. He just sat there and meditated. <laughs> Perfect. That's the best way for him to show that, hey, I've won. I feel good about it. That's how I'm going to celebrate my wins from now on. <laughs> good. Good point. Yeah, dislocating his shoulder in a celebration after one of his last victories. Not a good move. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see him just sit down, cross-legged, uh, put his <laughs> hands up and sort of meditate. I was uh, okay, he's getting it. He understands. He made a mistake and he learned from it. So uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, good point. Super funny. Um, he's an entertaining guy. Uh, great to watch. I thought he was a little too raw and he, you know, did have a setback recently. But, um, yeah, once he, he got his wits about him and, started laying some of those elbows and hammer fists on the side of Ryan Span's face. Oh, man, that was uh, lights out for Span. And big victory for Walker. Uh, he's a fun guy, very entertaining. Uh, I, I think he's going to eventually be heavyweight. He's such a massive guy for that light heavyweight division. It's incredible. Yeah, he, he is a big man, and I'm sure he cuts a lot of weight just to get down to the light heavyweight division. Um and also, too, like, yeah, wait, once he had Span up and, you, you know, he was going for the double leg, it was that one elbow that you just saw him crumple and it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's the fight. That's it right there. Yeah. yeah, great win by Walker. Great win by Walker, man, especially considering he was almost out of there himself. Yeah. So there was a, a nice battle between Ronda Marcos, the Canadian, against Mackenzie Dern, the women's strawweight fight. Uh, Mackenzie Dern's nine and one and has had a really great career. Marcos, uh, she's she's had win loss win loss a lot over the years, but a game opponent, uh, really good submissions uh, by Dern. She was able to just keep rolling and keep figuring it out and moving into the position till finally uh, Marcos had to tap. Uh, impressive submission win by Mackenzie, three minutes forty four seconds in the first round. Yeah, and also too, I want to say about Mackenzie Dern, she looked. To me, anyways, physically better than she's ever looked in any of her other fights. She looked like she was in incredible shape for this fight. And, and I'm sorry, but Marcos probably shouldn't have tempted fate by going down to the ground with Dern. Should have tried to keep it on her feet and should have tried to stay up because you could just tell just by, just by her movements, her jujitsu is just that good. It's just miniature adjustments. It's like, oh, I almost got you, almost got you, getting there, getting there. And then eventually, when she locked in that arm bar underneath her armpit, it was over. It was over. Like, if she didn't tap, there goes your arm. So, great yeah. win by Dern. She looked incredible, and she looked very, very dominant. Yeah. Uh, the middleweight fight between Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart before that was super entertaining. Those two guys really threw down. Kevin Holland, you and I talked about him a lot lately. Yeah. He's so fun. He's got such a personality. Uh, 
really great fight. One of my favorite fights of the year so far. Oh, yeah, man. Um, those two brought it. And Holland, unfortunately, faded in the, in the third. And Stewart really turned it on. To the point that I thought Stewart won the fight. But, you know, Holland had actually put uh, some uh, rounds in the bank as, as, as two of the judges saw it. And so he won the fight, but incredibly close fight. Incredibly close fight. Even Holland admitted how close that fight was. All right? So, and he had no problem running it back as he was talking with uh, Dana White after the fight was done. But it was such an entertaining fight. Those two guys are two up-and-comers in that division. Going up the ladder, yeah, man. Uh, if they do run it back, I'd love to see it again because that was incredibly entertaining. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, what would you like to touch on on the prelims card? Uh, any fights you want to talk about? Um, you know what? Just, just, just briefly, I would touch upon um, the Laramie versus uh, Minor Minner Minner fight that was there. Um, unfortunately, Laramie, our, our Canadian product, um, didn't do his homework as thoroughly as he should have against Minner. Because once he got his neck stuck to the side as he was trying to take the takedown, Miner, one of Miner's go-to is guillotine choke, and he sunk that in in the first minute of the first round, and it was game over. Um, hopefully, Laramie uh, learns from that mistake and uh, goes forward with a little bit more preparation on his opponent. That's about it. Yeah, there was a uh, big knockout in the men's weight fight between Journey Newsom and Randy Costa, 41 seconds in. Knockout by Newsom. Uh, was only one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, and there was a little bit of a controversy between Jessica Rose Clark and Sarah Holpar. Uh, oh, Rose, yeah. Rose Clark uh, gave her a knee right to the face just as Holpar was going to sit down. Uh, she hadn't quite sat down and her but was a little bit off the bat. Um, the referee thought she was sitting and thought it was illegal strike, illegal strike. So he uh, stopped the fight, asked for a replay, and started it again. And they've been saying that yeah. once a replay is brought into it, they'll never restart a fight. So yeah. it was quite a shock to most people that were watching and commentating. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit too bad. But I don't, I don't think that that should be a rule that once they go to the replay, they can't start it again. I think they should be able to restart a fight as long as the delay isn't crazy long. Yeah, and you know what? You do bring up a great point because why can't you restart the fight if you go to replay? Like, why is that a thing? Because uh, I actually was beginning to think about that. Because, yes, clearly the ref did not follow the rules of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. But why is that a rule? Like, is it because of the length of time that a fighter gets to recover as they go to instant replay? Like, what what is it that possibly gives one or the other fighter an advantage in that i i don't i don't know what i don't know what it is and i did see like i i appreciated the, the views of both the analysts of paul felder and dominic cruz dominic cruz saying that i would have appreciated that happening to me in my fight and i think any fighter would appreciate getting more time to try to possibly win a fight and then paul felder saying on the other end is like no nah, man the fight's over and she's just going to get beaten up more, which is what she did get for an extra two minutes. So I, I don't, I don't, 
I don't know if they're going to ever revisit this rule, but maybe they should. Yeah, I think I think they should uh, definitely. We saw it the previous week with Ed Herman faking that he got a low blow, and mm -hmm. it was just actually into his uh, you know, midsection. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see that advantage. We do see stoppages that happen from low blows. We see stoppages that happen from high pumps. They get five minutes. They get to, you know, try to recover. It's not always five minutes that they take. It can be a varied amount. But, um, yeah. you know, we do see delays that happen or, you know, other, other things. So I don't see why the replay, uh, if replay is instituted, the fight has to be over. I think it, it's something that they need to revisit. They should change the rules. And uh, it, it will help. Uh, there won't be so much controversy, I don't believe. And there won't be so many uh, unhappy people uh, if they, they can go to the replay once or twice or a few times in a fight. Yeah, yeah, no, man. Because, like, like, you know, refs are susceptible to making mistakes like anybody else. You know what I mean? So they're not perfect. And maybe replay will help get the call right in the octagon. It will help get the call right. I just, you know, like just however they go about implementing that or if they do go back to look at the, uh, start doing some rule changes with instant replay. Because at the end of the day, that's all you want to do. You just want to try to get the call right so that no fighter has, uh, has uh, it, it goes against the fighter's record. You just want to get it right so that the right fighter wins and the right call is made. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in, uh, you know, team sports over the years. We've seen it in individual sports like tennis. We've seen it in, you know, many, many facets. And it was hard for a lot of leagues to change and a lot of leagues to try to implement it. And sometimes they didn't put it in enough situations. And then they realized their mistakes and had to massage it and figure out, uh, you know, the best way to implement it. But, I mean, it, it makes sports so much better. And, yeah. and it, you know, makes sure that, you know, at the end of the day, it was the right call, and and uh, I don't I, I don't really understand why the USC would be against that. I think uh, you know bringing that in in certain circumstances, uh, you know, will only really benefit the sport and and make a lot of people more happy because it was the true result that should have happened. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right about that. You're right about that. Everybody would be happy. And, uh, you know, the fighters know that at least you got the call right as opposed to getting the call wrong. Yeah. So uh, that was a great fight night. Great way to end uh, the Las Vegas run. Uh, back down to Abu Dhabi now for a few weeks. And we've got UFC 253 this Saturday. Uh, Israel Adesanya, uh, the main event, undefeated, holding the middleweight title. Also facing undefeated Paulo Costa. Uh, Costa's one scary individual. Uh, if he can, uh, you know, land some of those bombs that he can throw, uh, you know, he can take anybody out. Uh, but Adesanya, man, he is one deceptive fighter and, and has proven to be unbeatable so far. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out in that main event? I, I can see the fight. How about this? I know it's going to be exciting. And I know we're not going to have a repeat of Adesanya Romero. Nobody ever wants to see that ever again in this lifetime or the next. Nobody ever wants to see that. So um, Costa's going to come forward. He's going to blitz forward. Now, the thing that I'm looking at with this particular fight is, is Costa going to be 
um, infuriated by the fact that it's really hard to hit Adesanya. And is he going to get out of his game plan because he's going to be so ticked off because he can't hit the guy, you know? Because I know Adesanya will try to just keep range and just try to pick him apart at range. And Costa will try to just zoom in and just try to take him out with a barrage of punches. It's going to be a very, very interesting fight, for sure. Because I, I see Adesanya being more of the matador here. You know, trying to wave on the bull, which is Costa, and just, you know, picking his shots and staying away from him. In the uh, co-main event, uh, we're going to see a new champion, John Jones, vacating the title and deciding to move up into the heavyweight ranks. Uh, opens up the light heavyweight belt, and Dominic Reyes and Jan Blakovic uh, will be fighting. Reyes, 12-1, and one, uh, looked really phenomenal against Jones last time out, and uh, Blakovic has had a lot of really big victories in the last while. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun fight. Uh, I see Reyes probably winning, but uh, how do you see it playing out? I, I, I kind of see Reyes kind of winning too as well. Um, uh, not to take anything away from Blackowicz, uh, he's a great fighter. But Reyes was just literally kind of um, certain punches or kicks away from beating Jones. That's how close that fight was. And I, 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 I firmly believe that if there's going to be another person to hold that title for a while, it's going to be Reyes. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it, in Vegas, it was fun. There was a lot of really great fights, but uh, Abu Dhabi uh, poses a whole new thing. We're going to see a lot of international fighters we haven't seen in a while. And, and um, yeah, let's hope Kamzat Chimaev has a shot. Uh, UFC 253 will be a lot of fun, and then there's a lot of great cards. I heard Dana White say he's going to be there over the next five, five six weeks. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun to suddenly see them back on Fight Island. And I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, breaking it down again with you next week. Uh, thanks thanks for this. A uh, lot of fun talking about the NFL, NBA, UFC. Uh, it's 7-all, Seahawks, Patriots, end of the first quarter. So um, I'll let you get to the game and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks, Jason. All right. Thank you very much, Darren. Always appreciate it. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Bye for now. Okay. Well, it was a uh, different version of our um, typical podcast today, but uh, nice to be able to talk NFL, NBA, and UFC with Jason. Um, we had some troubles logging in on our Zoom in the beginning, so we had to have a, uh, a scramble to try to pull this off. I uh, went on my phone instead of my laptop here, but uh, I think it worked out pretty well, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, Jason is great as usual, great personality, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, tune in every week for his great insight and funny takes and, and a great personality. And um, Yeah, thanks so much. I hope you uh, have a great week ahead. I hope you had a fantastic weekend, and we will see you very soon. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.